right, we are back in what must surely be described as a potpourri program, but I, I think we're doing okay. Let's do some more of it. Um, Dateline Anchorage, Alaska. I think we mentioned this story. A cargo ship ran aground in the Bering Sea in December. It's now being called one of the biggest spills in Alaska, dwarfed only by the 1989 Exxon Valdez disaster. That's according to state environmental officials uh, a few weeks back. Have you heard anything about this in the media? I haven't either. I sort of stumbled upon this on the web. Stay tuned. We do note that newsmen, of course, are awfully busy covering the big stories, such as the intern teacher who was busted having um, having sex with a 16-year-old over in in Sacramento. Apparently, according to the paper, when, when she showed up for arraignment, the place was crawling with reporters who were clamoring down the hall and running after her. This is unfortunate that this happened. But... Uh, the courts are taking care of it. Is this, is this something that really warrants a lot of media attention? And, uh, well, according to the purveyors of, uh, of news, yes. An item that's uh, from Sacramento that's gained national attention we have not sounded off on yet is uh, what's going on over in Land Park, where a couple of uh, residents are exercising their rights of free speech by putting up a, uh, an effigy on uh, their house making a political statement about uh, the war in Iraq, saying, Bush lied, I died. This has been all over the right-wing talk shows. And you know what? I don't think I am going to sign uh, sign in on this today. I think we'll return to this. Perhaps we'll talk to some of the people involved. But, uh, you know, it's tough when people uh, exercise their right to say what's on their mind. Uh, it's a privilege that we all are still enjoying and hopefully will continue to enjoy for a long time. And sometimes when you say things that irritate people, well, they're going to get irritated. And, and they've got a right to get irritated too, but it doesn't mean you stop the speech. And apparently out there, the attack is still going on from uh, the neocons and the right on the Oil for Food program and Kofi Annan in an effort to discredit the United Nations. Um, well, we talked about that before. Judith Miller has been writing some of these hit pieces. Judith Miller, who completely misled the American public and the New York Times about weapons of mass destruction, something we covered uh, as it was unfolding, saying this can't be right, and I'm proud to say we were correct. Judith Miller has not been fired. In fact, she's still writing for the New York Times. I do think it's interesting that, that there's a lot of uh, outcry over the uh, this oil for food program that took place in Iraq. But so far, no one has voiced any objection to the oil for nerve gas program that was taking place back in the Reagan era when uh, when they quietly sent um, Representative Donald Rumsfeld over to Iraq to talk to Saddam about uh, what use he might put to the chemicals we were going to sell him. Those chemicals were later used to gas various ethnic minorities. I think that's worthy of a bit of outrage, but... So far, I haven't heard any from Judith Miller, the New York Times, or anybody else lately. I think it's really keeping a close eye on the new spy network over at the Pentagon called the Strategic Support Branch that was uh, put in place a couple years ago by Donald Rumsfeld in an effort to, resent, to end his, quote, near total dependence on the CIA, unquote. There's an absolutely a gigantic turf battle going on in terms of U.S. intelligence right now, and we're only kind of seeing, uh, seeing what's on the surface. That uh, may be all we're going to see, but this is a very, very important issue, uh, how intelligence is gathered and used. 
They say we're in an information era, but information is power, and uh, those who control the information uh, are going to wield an awful lot of power. The Supreme Court's weighing in on the Ten Commandments case. We mentioned that in the top uh, top of the hour. Um, and as we as we do preps too often in the show, we're going to defer talking about that because we actually have someone down in Alabama who was covering that initial story with Judge Roy Moore. We're going to try and uh, see if a reporter for National Public Radio will uh, will talk to us about uh, some of what uh, what's going on in that particular issue. To those who claim that uh, you know some 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 philosophy that with a religious overtone um, is not really promoting religion by the state, I wonder how they'd feel if somebody took. Uh, took a passage from the Quran and put it up in a courthouse. Uh, I have a Quran in front of me, and I'm, how, how, would this, how would this look up, up on a courthouse wall? Allah forgives those who commit evil and ignorance and then quickly turn to him in repentance. He will pardon them. Allah is wise and all-knowing. But Allah will not forgive those who do evil all their lives and when death comes to them say, now we repent. Those are words of wisdom, but uh, if somebody placed those on a courthouse wall, do you think that um, it would be denied that there was any, uh, any connection between religious philosophy and uh, secular institutions? And actually, I'm going to take one minute to note that uh, this did send me back to the Bible. I pulled the Bible off my shelf, looked at the, uh, the book of Exodus, which uh, runs about 41 pages in, in this Bible that I have. It's got 40 chapters. Chapter 20 is the one that contains what are called the Ten Commandments. There's actually something like 600 different laws in here. And what are called the Ten Commandments are pretty much picked and chosen among those many commandments. And I just want to note that I was taught in catechism that the first commandment is, you shall not have other gods beside me. But the next sentences are as follows. You shall not carve idols for yourselves in the shape of anything in the sky above or on the earth below or in the waters beneath the earth. You shall not bow down before them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, inflicting punishment for their father's wickedness on the children of those who hate me down to the third and fourth generation. Ouch. You know, if I went into the courtroom, I'd hope the legal standard is going to be a little more generous than that. And I think I will take the unprecedented step of noting for the second time on this program that the views expressed on it do not necessarily represent those of KDVS, the management, the regents of the University of California, or anybody else but me, and certainly not the deity. Great article in the News and Review, The Great Natomas Land Rush. We're going to talk to uh, author Cosmo Garvin in the weeks to come about what's going on out there. It's all changing so fast, it's hard to keep track. There's going to be an election here before we uh, meet with you next on this program where Doris Matsui is going to take her husband's place in the halls of Congress thanks to a deal cut by the Democratic leadership. A deal that said that no other qualified Democrats would come forward to take Bob Matsui's seat. We note that uh, Doris Matsui refused to even debate any, other, uh, any of the other legitimate candidates running against her, and that her husband, Robert Matsui, although he served Sacramento very well in many capacities for a long time, was one of the leading proponents of flood control, and it was flood control that allowed this vast expanse of urban sprawl to spread forth from Sacramento on to the agricultural land. And and now there's talk of going up to the Sutter County border. Stay tuned. We're going to revisit that subject. Hopefully, with Cosmo Garvin and some other representatives that are trying to preserve some land out there 
according to the original deal that would, would make some efforts to preserve wildlife. You know, we had Ron Glick on last week. Ron proposed uh, that we uh, probably should, should read from some of the writings of Hunter S. Thompson, to, especially for younger listeners who aren't familiar with his work, and, and, and we should do that, but since we're out of time, it obviously isn't going to happen today, but it's, it's a good idea, Ron. Let, let's do that. All right, last thing on the show. Um, we had a man on a few weeks back, a few months back, actually, Fred Newman, who was the author of a book called Mouth Sounds, How to Whistle, Pop, Boing, and Honk for All Occasions and Then Some. I was listening to Capital Public Radio last week when I heard uh, Fred right here in town on the Inside program with Jeffrey Callison. So uh, I ran over to, to meet him personally. We did a phone interview when he spoke to you, the listeners uh, of KDVS, and it was fun to meet the guy. It was interesting that uh, he actually portrays the Uncle Duke character in the Doonesbury animations. Uncle Duke, of course, was patterned after the late, great Hunter S. Thompson. Producer Benjamin Jonas Keeling and host Jeffrey Callison did a great job with Fred Newman, and it was really fun meeting him. The great perk of which was that he gave me the nose whistle we talked about on our program. And uh, I've now learned to play it a bit. It goes something like this. You know, it's the simple pleasures in life. Final item for the day. On March 3rd, 1931, Francis Scott Key's patriotic hymn, The Star-Spangled Banner, becomes the official national anthem of the United States. If I had about five more minutes today, which I don't, I would play for you the classic Albert Brooks comedy bit, the new national anthem. But uh, what I will do instead is play that for you uh, two or three weeks from now. It's, it's a wonderful bit. I've been meaning to bring it to you for a long time. And this little reminder about Francis Scott Key's tune back in 1931 is was just the reminder I needed to, to make it happen. So stay tuned for that. And stay tuned for Todd. And we'll see you next Thursday for a very special program about bovine spongiform encephalopathy. You've been listening to Radio Parallax. I'm Douglas Everett. This program was produced by Edward McMillan. Thank you.